CNN was the number one mouthpiece and proponent for COVID during the lockdowns. The likes of Cuomo, Lemon, Stelter, the rest of these talking heads shamed us. They shamed us nonstop. And what did they, did they ever apologize? Nope. They wanted us fired. They wanted our careers ruined. They called us every manner of Nazi, grandma killer, this, that, and the other. And all we simply said was, just leave us alone. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs> I'm waking up at the start of the end of the world, but it's feeling just like every other morning before. Now I wonder what my life is going to mean if it's gone. Cars are moving like a half a mile an hour and I started staring at the passengers and waving goodbye. Can you tell me what was ever really special about me all this time? But I believe the world is burning to the ground. Oh well, I guess we're gonna find out. Let's see how far we've gone. Let's see how far we've gone. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host. Doesn't sound like the normal me. I've got a, a like a bug in my throat or something like that. I don't know what it is. But anyway, welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. Uh, hopefully you missed us. I didn't miss you in the slightest. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It is 2024. Let's hope that this year goes at least 10% better than last year. God knows it probably won't. We've got a year, a year long of elections coming up, presidential elections. So, you know, this is going to get 10 times worse before it gets better. Um, we've got the primaries coming up. We've got the Iowa caucus voting very soon. We're going to see how that goes, how that does as far as the uh, 
the uh, the DeSantis group, how well he does in, in Iowa. We got some town halls coming up. We got Brett Baer over on Fox, or excuse me, CNN is going to be hosting a town hall with Trump on the same night as debates. Uh, it's it's a very weird coordinated thing they're doing here right now, and it's just, yeah, I'll probably be watching it because it's a town hall. Apparently, Brett has said that these questions will not be scripted, um, and I I don't believe that at all. I, I don't believe that at all. Like, you're telling me that nobody is going to basically screen any of these questions that are going to be asked to Donald Trump. Now, if you told me that, I would say you're probably uh, a liar. You probably don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the fact that you even believe in the mainstream media or even CNN themselves saying that uh, is just astounding that you think anybody's going to believe anything that comes out of your mouths. This comes from the likes of the Cuomos, the Stelters, the Lemons, all these ridiculous journalists, and I say that term very, very loosely. You expect us to believe this. Like, okay, fair enough. Whatever, whatever, you, whatever you say. Whatever you say. Sorry that I sound sick, folks. I'm not sick. I went for a jog this morning. I only did like two miles and some change. It was drizzling out, but, you know, you got to do it. You got to get it done. You got to get out there and get after it in the arena. But uh, as soon as I got done, I went and, um, yeah, now I got a bug. It's great. It's great. So, uh, Josh has not returned yet. Or he's, he's back. Uh, he did a straight drive. I think it was from Colorado or Ohio. I think it was Colorado. 16 and a half hours this guy drove with his family. God bless him. Uh, Josh should be here tomorrow. So he might be in later today, but I told him, I was like, dude, if you just got home, unpack, relax, decompress. You don't have to come straight back into work. Um, yeah, that's, oh God. Cause even I was going to come in yesterday, but I was like, no, I still got to unpack, do all the laundry, clean the house, pay the bills, check up on the property and then, you know, get myself situated. And there's no reason to rush back into work as far as like doing the show and stuff. As much as I do enjoy doing this, I feel like, you know, the home life takes priority, but I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and a very, very wonderful new year. Hopefully you didn't get in trouble or you didn't get uh, anybody pregnant or anything like that. You know, uh, people go a little crazy on the new year times, but, uh, Oh my God. I will say this about our vacation. Worst one yet. <laughs> it's, it was the worst one yet. We did, I think seven or eight days. Uh, we did half of it in Portugal. Um, and the other half in Spain. And, uh, Oh my God, you're, you're not going to believe it was like Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events. I, when I tell you everything I'm about to tell you folks, I am not making any of this up. This is straight from my lips to God's ears. I am not lying about this one. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie on this one. Um, so it started out like this. Okay. We buy, we bought tickets to go from, uh, Dallas to, uh, Portugal. Okay. And the morning of, we had an afternoon flight, I think it was, and they canceled the flight and said, no, nah, there's bad weather in Amsterdam. Your, your flight is routed through Amsterdam. Uh, you're not gonna be able to make this flight. This is through KLM, by the way, I will never fly them again. I will never fly KLM again. Horrible. And that in Iberia, I didn't even, I didn't even know Iberia was an airline. I, as much as I've traveled, I have never seen Iberian airlines. But unfortunately, our ticketing was through them. And it's these European companies that when you buy a ticket with one, and they have sister companies, they'll put you on a different flight and then ask you, you know, like, which company are you flying with? It's like, dude, I don't know. I bought it through Iberia, but now I'm on a KLM flight. So I have no idea. So, um, oh my God, it, it was ridiculous. So they canceled the flight the morning of. Uh, and so we're just, they were like, we're going to get back to you when we can reschedule you a flight. 
And I'm like, well, we've already got our hotels booked. We've got the train tickets booked. Everything's booked. We can't push anything to the right. So we call up KLM and we're just kind of like, look, what's going on here? And I'm already trying to find other flights to get us over to, uh, to Europe, the same time frame. And then we find some other flights. And so, of course, we're like, okay, now the other new flights are at 5 p.m. that same afternoon. So that means we got to be the airport at 3. So we're already packing our stuff up and heading to the airport. Well, then KLM's like, oh, by the way, uh, you know, we, we called. It's like, we want a refund. It's like, well, we can rebook you. It's like, well, we've been waiting and you've said nothing. Your customer support is horrendous. It's a WhatsApp number. I was like, you are the most unprofessional airline I've ever flown with. There was nobody to even talk to. So finally, when we called up the number to reschedule the flight, we said, we just want a refund. Like, well, would you like us to look into rescheduling you? I was like, well, um, I've already bought these other tickets, so, but I can cancel them. So we are literally driving to the airport. It's about an hour and a half drive. We're driving to the airport. I've got KLM on the line. And then I've got our other tickets with Air France. And I've got them with our other traveling friends. I got them on the line. And so we're like, oh my God. So finally, Caleb's like, yes, we've got you on a flight. It takes off tonight at 9 p.m. I was like, is it confirmed? Like, yes, it's confirmed. It's like, all right. So we had to call Air France back and cancel the flights. Thankfully, they honored that. They didn't charge us uh, or they refunded us. Had to drive back home an hour and a half and then wait till about like seven. So we drove back home, chilled out for like an hour and a half, two hours, drove right back to Dallas. Uh, and that was the start of the vacation. So we're already anxieties through the roof. Already, already anxieties through the roof. So we, we get on the airline <clears throat> and the flight there wasn't bad. Nice flight, good seats. I got no complaints on that one. None, none at all. Um, except for this one little part here is that we landed. Um, oh God, where'd we land? We did so much traveling. I, my, it's just like a fog. It's a fog for me. So we land and um, our other friends that we travel with, our tango friends, they had an earlier flight to Portugal. It was at like 5 p.m. Ours was at 7. Not a big deal. We're going to the same hotels. Like, all right, we'll see you there. Being that we landed so late, because we were on the tarmac for takeoff about an hour and a half, two hours over time. So we're already late. Connecting flights, you're probably not going to make them. So when we land in, in uh, I think it was, um, oh, we landed in Madrid in Spain, okay? So we're, we make it there, but our first city we're staying in is the city of Porto in Portugal. And so we get there and our friends, they literally rush them off the flight and they rush them through security. And it's like, we're going to get you to your flight. You're still going to make this. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, we'll see you guys there. Good luck. So we, we sit in the airport. We goof off. Our flight's not till seven. So we got about a three hour layover. We're going to go get something to eat, relax a little bit. Not a very big airport, at least where we were at. Um, or I'm sorry, the terminal we were at. It's it naturally, uh, Spain actually, Madrid has a very big airport, but the place we were at was small. One restaurant, so we went in there, uh, you know, just relaxed and chilled. So our flight's about to board. We're getting on the flight. I text our other friends, like, hey, did you make it? Because it's only like, I think it's like a 40 minute flight, not that far. And like, no, we're in Vienna. I'm like, wait, I thought they were joking. I was like, wait, what? It's like, no, no, they put us on the wrong flight. Folks, I'm not making this up. Our friends through KLM, got rushed through security and the moron that was their escort put them on a flight to Vienna in Austria. So they flew three hours, landed, got right back on the bird and flew right back. And then they gave them a hotel, didn't give them their baggage. And I'm sitting there like, wow, we make it to Porto, thankfully. And guess what didn't? Our bags. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you'd know this because my life is just so interesting. 
Our bags didn't make it. So all we have are our carry-ons. And you know what's in my carry-on? Nothing. Because I leave it open for Sheila because we're going to go shopping. So I need extra space to store her crap. Because I, I, don't, I don't buy a lot of stuff. I got this nice sweater. I get a few things here and there. Um, we're, we're creating a worldwide wardrobe. I've got some, some suits made in Argentina. Various small things here and there. Just little doodads. Things I like. Got some gloves and an overcoat in Scotland. Some other stuff. I love European fashion. I love European men's gentlemen leisure wear and fashion. But anyway, um, our bags don't make it. Now, lesson learned on this trip. In your carry-on, pack two days worth of clothes in case this happens. Because guess what? Guess what happened? When we get there, it's Christmas Eve. Nothing's open. Guess how many things were open on Christmas Day? Nada. So it's not like we could go buy more clothes. So we get there. No bags. Take our our carry-ons. Make it to the hotel. Check into the hotel. I'm having to call KLM. I'm having to call Iberia. Figure out who the hell I got to go through. Um, And it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. And so we've been traveling all day. If you've ever taken an international flight, you know that just it takes it out of you. Oh, it takes it out of you. You got no energy. Um, it, yeah, it just, it sucks. So anyway, um, like I figured it out, filed a complaint. They're like, okay, we should be able to find your bags. They're probably in Madrid. And then we'll get them on the next bird out to Portugal, Porto. And it should be there by tomorrow. I was like, okay, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, we're trying to keep this as low key. You know, we do, Sheila and I do a very good job of traveling together. We don't get upset about the small stuff. It's like, hey, just take it with a grain of salt. We'll move on, make good of it. So the next day comes and, you know, we're up, we're at, we're at it. Um, I will say that first night in Porto was actually a lot of fun. Uh, Porto is a very, very beautiful city uh, where Port originated from. Uh, we literally, uh, there was nothing open. We went to a kebab shop to get something to eat because everything was closed. And then the, the hotel people were still there. Uh, and they wait to check in, and it's surrounded by a bar. So we went to the bar, and uh, you know, we told them that they, the airport lost our bags. They're probably sending them there. And the most hospitable people ever gave us free port to try, and it was the Tawny port. They have various different types of port, but it's literally the same port that gets imported here that you can get, but it's the 10, 20, 30-year age, and it is so good. It's delicious. It, it just goes down smooth, has a nice sweet taste. Normally, people say it's like an after-meal wine, kind of like a, something to settle your stomach. I love port any time of the day. It is very good. Um, did not disappoint, did not disappoint. So we go walk around that evening. You just kind of take in some of the stuff. You know, we don't really know where we're at, getting our bearings, wake up the next morning. And it's like, okay, let's go find some clothes. It's Christmas day. There isn't anything open. Nothing's open. So we are still in the same clothes. We were flying in all day. Now people might think, ah, it's not that bad in my mind. Yeah, it's not really that bad. You know, I've deployed. You've been, you know, you've been in these situations to where you're kind of, you're in the same uniform for days on end. But the difference is, and I see a lot of my veteran friends on my Facebook page, like, well, you've done more with less. It's like, what you don't seem to understand, though, is that you've done more with less around other people with the same amount of less that you have. Meaning, if you stink, they stink. Nobody cares because you all stink. I don't like stinking. Those army days, like, this is the thing I don't understand about veterans. Do you just want to live in the mud? Do you, do you just want to smell like a whore? I, I don't get your logic with this. You think because we served in the military that for the rest of our lives, it should be like, well, I like smelling like crap because I smelled like crap in the army. No, no, no. We didn't choose, we didn't choose to smell like crap. We had to. That was part of the sacrifice, okay? It's just that, that goes with it. Nowadays, do you see me sleeping on the ground? No, you do not. 
Do you see me not taking showers for weeks at a time? No, you do not. Do you see me eating MREs? No, you sure as hell do not. My ass likes a comfortable bed, good coffee in the morning. I like comfortable clothes. I don't want to smell. Now, here's the thing. I can flip the switch and become that guy very easily, especially when I go hunting and stuff like that. Not a big deal. But when I'm traveling internationally, you develop a sort of a stench when you're on that flight and you're sitting there. I didn't like that. So we showered, you know, you do the best you can. And I am kind of one of those sticklers. Like if I take a shower, I don't want to put on dirty clothes. Did it, you know, it was like, we're going to make the best of this. Sheila actually packed a few outfits in her carry-on because she's smart and I'm not. But to be fair, I left that open for her clothes. But either way, I sacrificed for the greater good because I just love her so much. <laughs> uh, so... Christmas Day, our friends get in. They get in at like 11 o'clock. We meet up around 1, and we're walking around Porto. We're catching all the sights. Beautiful, beautiful uh, city there. Everything's in walking distance. It's very hilly. Uh, you got to get your steps in. It has a very unique feel and vibe to it. I've never been to Italy. That is on the bucket list. I will be going to Italy one day. Uh, but it had like a kind of, a, I would imagine, an Italy kind of feel in a sense, minus the Italian and all the animated uh, language with the hands and stuff. Um <laughs> Christmas dinner was at a Chinese restaurant because it was the only thing that was open. Uh, celebrating Christmas overseas is not very fun because nothing is open. Um, so you're not going to have a good Christmas dinner anywhere. It's going to have to get, you know, that's just part of it. I think last year we were in um, uh, Dubai. Um, no, 2022, I guess. Dubai in November. Nothing was open uh, for Thanksgiving. You know, you're not going to celebrate. They don't celebrate it. So anyway, um, so the next day I'm calling the airport. I'm like, Hey, um, looking for the bags. Like, Oh, we haven't located your bags yet. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's, there's literally, there's literally nowhere else that can be. They have to be in Madrid. If you put them on the bird, they got to be in Madrid. Now I know you're going to tell me, John, you should get air tags. It doesn't, it's not going to change. It's not going to change because even if the air tags are there and I say, look, our bags are in Madrid. They can't do anything because nobody was working and they didn't tell us this. They didn't tell us that everybody was off for Christmas. They were just like two to four hours we should have it. I'm like, okay, cool. We can, we can manage that. Nobody told us because they don't communicate because they're horrible people. These people have no soul. You have no soul, KLM and Iberia. You're horrible. But they put us onto this company called Ground, Ground Force or whatever. And they're the ones that get submitted all the complaints and everything to get the bags. So I'm calling KLM and I'm calling Ground Force and I'm getting two different stories. KLM saying, yes, your bag's in Madrid. Ground Force is saying, we don't know where your bags are at. So I was like, this is great. I'm getting two different things here and they're clearly not cross-communicating. So either way, we spent time in Porto and the next thing you know, we are off to Lisbon without our bags, which is great. So now we're at like day three. We get to Lisbon. Um, Lisbon was okay. It, you know, Porto and Lisbon, they were beautiful. Would I want to live there? No, I wouldn't. Um, but still, very nice places to go and visit. I can't even remember what we did in Lisbon. I remember Porto. What the hell we do in Lisbon? I, I don't remember. We took pictures. Uh, <laughs> so finally, we get to Lisbon, and then like, oh, we've located your bag. It's in Madrid. It's like, well, yes, I know that. Now, when is it coming to me? It's like, well, you know, the airport are just, they're all reopening back up. You know, the people weren't at work before. It's like, wait, what? You told me they were. It's like, uh, no, they weren't. It's like, so you lied to me. It's like, well, it's like, you know what? Just send me my bags. Just, just send me my bags. Um, 
Thank you, JC, for the $5 donos. It's always right in the world again. The All-American Savage Show is back, baby. Hope you and Sheila had an amazing time and a great Christmas. We did. Thank you very much for that. Don't forget, you can sub. You can subscribe on Rumble. If you have not done that yet, you can do it on just Rumble itself or the Locals community. If you want to support the show and you can't buy Shell Shock, support us by subscribing to the show. We really appreciate that. I'm going to try and get more involved with this stuff. We appreciate everybody that donates to the show, that you want to subscribe, $4.99 a month, whatever the case, you want to support us. We really appreciate that. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I do need to get some emotes and emojis done for the show. Um, I'll get that looked into as well. Uh, what do y'all think of the stash? Bring it back. She likes it. People like it. Bring it back. Um, the age of the stash has returned. So finally, I do remember Lisbon. I remember it now. So we get to Lisbon. Lisbon was also actually, Lisbon was really nice. I liked Lisbon. And then when we get to Lisbon, it's like, okay, everything's open again. Everything's open. So we're just like, let's go shopping. We need some clothes. We read some of the fine prints, as you know, if they lose your bags, your bags are late. You get like a, a daily stipend to go spend some money to get yourself some new clothes. So uh, I got some Tommy Hilfiger pants uh, because basically beggars can't be choosers. And this is Europe. Their fashion is so much different than ours. They do wear their pants a lot tighter and they wear high water pants. A lot of them do. It's a style over there. You got to remember America and Europe are very different. I do. I prefer European fashion though. I just, I, there's something about it that I just, I really like. Um, we buy all the stuff and then we day two of Lisbon and the next day we're, we're bouncing. So day two arrives and I'm calling the airport. I was like, where are the bags? And like, Oh, we found them. They're in Madrid. Oh no. Now they're in Porto. I'm like, we just came from Porto. It's like, yes, but we sent the bags. He was like, no, 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 no. I told you we were going to Lisbon next. Here's the hotel. It's like, Oh, we didn't update the system. Dude, um, <laughs> I was I, I I was doing my best, folks. You have to imagine me sitting there doing the woosa. I was doing my best, not because here's the deal: it's not Ground Force's fault. They didn't lose the bags; they're just there doing the transfer between. But I'm sitting there talking to these people, and I'm like, I I am so mad. And I think the thing that makes me most aggravated is there is not a point or a person I can take my aggression out on. I can't finger point and blame somebody. It's the way these people are facilitating me getting my bags. I can't be upset with them. So finally, it's like, okay, we're going to get your bags on the next flight out from Porto to, uh, to, um, to Lisbon. I was like, when will that be? It's like, um, within four hours. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Just get us the bags. That's all I care about. So, uh, the next day we're leaving, but it's about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I get, I get a text. It was like, your bags are now in Lisbon. I call them. And I was like, okay, what's the delivery time? He's like, well, we've got it scheduled for delivery, but it will not arrive until tomorrow. I was like, wait, what? I was like, you've got my hotel. Why can't you deliver them? Send them in a cab. It's like, uh, it's, it's slated for tomorrow at 5.30 in the morning. I was like, you're going to drop my bags at 5.30 in the morning at my hotel. I was like, wait, do me a favor. I'm driving to the airport. You tell them, do not release my bags. Leave them there. I'm coming to get them. I called these people three times to make sure. So we catch an Uber to the airport. It's like 30 minutes away. And we're there for three hours trying to track down these freaking bags. Finally get the bags. Finally get the bags. Get back to the hotel. It's like nine o'clock. I'm ready to blow somebody's brains out. I am so just irked. They destroyed Sheila's suitcase. It was completely destroyed. That was wonderful. But we got the bags back. So I had to go buy another suitcase the next morning. And uh, I will tell you, traveling with those hard shell cases, they don't really stand up. 
I'm going back to soft case, the expandable. The hard case, they bust really easily. And I put some money into these things. So I'll never do that again. So we got the bags in Lisbon. So then we catch the uh, we catch a flight from Lisbon to Valencia. And Valencia, I think, was my favorite part of it all. Valencia was, it had a very Paris kind of vibe to it. Everything's in walking distance. The lights, the Christmas decorations, it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. All the shops are open. And the thing that I, I sincerely love about Europe is that the European uh, culture is not one like America in the sense of not everything is rush, 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 rush. When you go to places like Argentina and you go to a restaurant, you better expect to be there for about two hours. The service is very slow, but it's not intentional. It's because you're there to converse and talk with people. Your second thing is to kind of eat, if that makes any sense. Europe is very similar, not as slow as Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, like you, you literally, you have to flag people down. Don't expect them to come to you. You got to flag them down and they don't, we don't, they don't tip over there which was just mind-blowing, but they actually paid them a good, a good wage. So Valencia was wonderful. We went out and did some more shopping. Sheila went to town, did some more shopping. Um, I got a nice little long coat, a tan one. Uh, if you watched on Instagram, it's John Burke Insta. You can see some of the photos. Um, we attended a few malangas, a few dances. Um, a lot of fun, just a lot of fun. Learned more about tango, the different styles, seeing just professionals from around the world. And it's always interesting that, you know, you have one common shared thing with a lot of these people that you go to these malangas, like you don't speak the same language, but tango is also universally understood. So it was really, it was really fun to do that. So Lisbon, we spent two days in and that's when people started getting sick. Oh yes, folks. It was like the Donner party meets the Oregon trail and they go to Europe. That's what it was like. It was, it was, if, if, if our other half isn't getting shipped off to Vienna, the other half is losing their bags. And then we come back and legitimately everybody is sick except yours truly. Now I know I sound like I'm sick, but that's from uh, running this morning. I think I got a, got a horse from the, well, I don't know what happened. So, um, <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. So, um, caught a train from Valencia to Barcelona and by the time we hit Barcelona, everybody's sickness is in full swing. Everybody's sick as a dog. Sheila, she's still recovering. God bless her. Um, coughing, uh, sinus infections. And because you're around so many different people, these airports, these trains, you know, everybody's sick. Everybody's sick. So Barcelona, I think by the time we got there, we were ready to leave. We were ready to come home. It's like this vacation has been fun in some instances. Overall, it sucked. It sucked. Saw some great sights, saw some really interesting, unique things, um, danced, went shopping, had a lot of fun, but in all seriousness, yeah, lesson learned the next vacation in Europe. It's not going to be bouncing from, we're going to go to one, maybe two locations. That's it. It's not fun, especially when you're lugging all those bags everywhere. Our next uh, slated uh, trip is to Turkey in March. There's a massive tango festival over there in Istanbul. It's a week long. You have the masters come in from across around the world. Think of it like the Hoist Gracies teaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you get to go learn from them. Granted, tango and Brazilian jiu-jitsu are totally different. I know that, but I'm just saying if you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. So I'm excited for that. It's to get better and you learn from some of these masters. They, ho they host these seminars for like a hundred bucks for an hour and you learn very, very interesting and in-depth technique in tango. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. So that's coming up in March. Excited for that. So above all, I'm so glad to be home. I am so glad to be home. Let me say it one more time. I'm so glad to be home. Uh, and yeah, screw the KLM and uh, Iberia Airlines. I hope they go bankrupt. 
They're horrible. You're horrible human beings. You have no soul. I don't know how you sleep at night and your family hates you and God doesn't like you either. So there you go. Ah, and that does for today's show. Good night, folks. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, that's basically what it was. I did see a movie, by the way. I know it's an older movie. <clears throat> I saw a movie on the flight. Uh, there was one called The Creator. It's pretty new. Um, it's about essentially AI taking over. I would highly suggest you watch it. Very good movie. No woke nonsense. It's straight to the point. Really, really good movie. I really liked it. Enjoyed it. The other one, I think, came out in 2015. When you do these long flights, you have an opportunity to watch all these movies. And the other one, I think, it was called um, Everest. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It was actually really, really good. And it talked about um, an Everest trek of, I think, about like 15 or 20 people. Forgive me if I misquote this, right? I don't get it correctly. And the, the horrible things they go through. A lot of them died. Um, on Everest, and it talks about all the bodies that are still up there. Really, really well done um, movie. Very informative. Uh, and you know, because I think for a lot of thrill seekers out there, Everest is on the bucket list. I can understand why you're climbing Mount Everest. I didn't realize though, did, did you know at Mount Everest peak, you're at dang near like 26, 27,000 feet elevation? That's cruising altitude. Normally 30,000, 25,000, depending on the weather. Normally it's 30,000 cruising altitude. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I thought that was interesting. Like you're literally on oxygen and you're humping it up a mountain at almost 30,000 feet. Man, I thought 9,000, 10,000 feet in Afghanistan was, was rough. Whew, good Lord. Good Lord. That's crazy. And a lot of these bodies are still, because they, they have no way of getting them down. Choppers can't go up that high. The air is too thin. A lot of people didn't know that about helicopters because those rotors, they start slowing down the thinner the air. People don't know that. We saw that in Afghanistan as well. So, um, yeah, just a very, very well done movie. Um, but outside of that, I'm, I'm so glad to be home. I, I sincerely hope that you had a wonderful Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful New Year's. Um, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I think resolutions should come, um, should come at, at different points in your, in your year, uh, finding ways to improve upon yourself and different things in your life. So if you got resolutions, uh, I encourage you to stick with them. Um, hopefully you're, you're doing your best to get in shape, stay in shape. You don't have to be a bodybuilder out there, but do your best to stay in shape, folks. That's, that's the biggest resolution I'd, I'd encourage people to uh, pursue. All right, before we get into it, folks, you know what time of the show it is. It is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Um, spend $100 and get a free hemp tea for the month of January while supplies last. You like these hemp teas? Limited amount. We're running out now. We're not bringing these back. Again, $100 more spend. You get a free hemp tea for the month of January. No code is required. Just add a tea to the cart to get the discount. Uh, the new energy stick flavors. We got the strawberry, kiwi, and fruit punch. The bag is $59.99. And the sample pack, get all three flavors for $9.99. Try them out yourself. Green boots. What's this green boots I keep seeing in the chat? They're actually trying to change the name. Mount Green boots up there near the top. Climbers have to step over his feet. Huh. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Um... The all-new Mojito Mix from 1920 brand, if you haven't checked that out, we've got that on the site now. There's nothing more refreshing than an expertly crafted mojito, tracing its origins back to the 16th century Cuba. The mojito is appreciated worldwide for its refreshing combination of lime, mint, and just the right amount of sugar. 1920 brand's mojito cocktail syrup is simple, yet elegant, bringing a contemporary take to this true Havana classic. If you've not checked out tra, uh, 19, I just read a comment, um... The green boots. Which hiker was that? 
I remember climbing Mount Fuji. It was taking a moment to catch my breath on the switchbacks. Damn. Um, so 1920brand.com. You can check that out there. If you want to support the show, you can support us by subscribing to shellshockcbd.com or 1920. And if you can't, subscribe on the show. You can support us on Rumble. Um, I think there's a subscribe button right there at the bottom of the chat. I think you can do it for like um, five bucks a month. Yeah, $5 a month. That goes a long way, folks. We appreciate that. You get some cool little gizmos next to your name. You want to support the show? Show us that you love us. And people with those icons and their name will get priority in the chat when they uh, type and stuff like that. So greatly appreciate that. Make sure you hit the like button and share. Share the button. All right, let's get into this. Yeah, that's what you're here for. Hey, hey, did you know this? Well, first, before we get into it, on Twitter, John Burke 39 over on Twitter, they banned me while we were gone. It was a false ban. They reinstated me, thank God. Uh, we're up to 14,000 followers. We're growing over there. Again, appreciate all the love and support over there. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should be. I didn't really do too much tweeting while we were gone. I kind of took a little, little bit of a little break, a little hiatus, but not enough of a break that I didn't. Did, how, many, how many of you saw the calendar fiasco? God help you if you did. Did, did you see this? The calendar fiasco of 2023? Oh, yeah. What, folks, I'm not making this up. I'm really not making this up. I see this on my Twitter feed. I open up my Twitter feed, and sure enough, I see a bunch of evangelical conservative women getting their panties in a bunch over a calendar some other conservatives did, other conservative women. I think on there was like the likes of Dana Loesch, uh, uh, the swimmer lady. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I've been unplugged from politics for like a week and a half, and it's been nice. Riley Gaines is on there. I think Catalina Lau, she's been on the show. Um, these are very attractive women, very attractive women. And um, <laughs> here's the deal. This is, this is where conservatives are their own worst enemy. Now, for the longest time, conservatism meant for a lot of people that you are conserving traditionalist values, which is rooted primarily in Christianity. They believe in the old school method of religion, of church and state being the same. That if you're a conservative, you're a Christian, you're a fundamentalist, you're a traditionalist. The woman does not dress provocatively. Um, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm, I, if that's your thing, I, I do not knock it. I will not knock it. I encourage you to do what makes you happy. But the problem is that's not what contemporary conservatism is anymore. The conservative tent has got to be broad. Otherwise, the evangelicals, who at heart, I feel a lot of them, I think you're just theocrats. The only difference is you don't come out and say it. But these people are doing their best to alienate anyone and everyone from the conservative movement. Number one, you don't have that power. MAGA can't do it. And this, a lot of these people are from Team DeSantis. A lot of them were some friends of mine. And I'm sitting there looking at this. It's like, you've got nothing better to do than be offended by a calendar with some women that, you know, Riley Gaines is in a bikini. Okay. Um, now I think I understand where they were coming from this because the brand was called conservative dad, the conservative dad. I think he set this thing up. I think it's a brand. I don't think they were marketing it, marketing it to conservative dads in general. I think the brand name is conservative dad. So I think there was some miscommunication there, but either way, um, none of the pictures I, I saw the likes of Jenna Elise. She's going to come on the show one, uh, this day or someday this week, this month. Um, she was calling it softcore porn. That was not softcore porn. Sorry, it just wasn't. And then instantly, people start fetish shaming. And this, this ball of evangelical judgmentalism starts growing and growing. And you start going after people that call themselves conservatives, but live their lives, lives a little differently than you. Now, here's the thing. If you want to have this purity test 
in the conservative movement, you're going to fail. I'm sorry, evangelicals. You're going to have to get used to this idea of tolerance to a degree. Tolerance does not mean acceptance. But you're going to have to share this tent called conservatism with a lot of other people that don't see eye to eye with you religiously. But that's okay. That's kind of what America is all about. Now, I'm not sitting here preaching for degeneracy. I'm not sitting here talking about, oh, it's not a big deal. I can see why this could be a a big deal to some women. But at the same time, I'm like, why are you so worried about, well, they're misrepresenting conservatism. Well, your brand of conservatism, not my brand, we have a difference of opinion on this one. So you're offended that they don't subscribe to how you think of what conservatism is. Good luck with that. Because the other part, and you know, there's, there's so much to tweet about this. I was like, I'll just save it for the show. But if your thing is that you are a conservative and you are rooted in a traditionalism type of lifestyle and it's Christianity, and you think that women showing themselves in a certain fashion is wrong, the funny part about this is half of these women that I see them insulting this, you better read your Bibles. Because a lot of you paint your faces up like Jezebel. You're wearing very provocative clothing. Yet you're going to demonize these women? You're cutting your hair. It's all in the scriptures. Paul talked a lot about it to the Corinthians. You want conduct, order, and doctrine in the church? It says in the Bible, women should be silent. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. About to irk a lot of you off on this one. Now, here's the deal. I'm all live and let live. Do what you want. That's where the libertarianism in me comes out. But these women were so upset. And, of course, Matt Walsh gets in on this. Matt Walsh... You know, Matt Walsh is one of these guys that I do love about 95% of the stuff he says. The 5% with the calendar stuff, it's like, ah, you know, this isn't conservative. Well, you don't get to define what conservative is. Nobody does. And nobody is certainly going to be able to tell you who you can and can't vote for. But some of these women, your men need to get you in check if you're wanting to go by traditionalist values because you got big mouths. I'm just saying, if you're going to go by the traditionalist sense of Christianity, A lot of you need to shut up. Put your money where your mouth is. It's not your responsibility, and it's certainly not your role to go correct anybody else, especially if you're a woman. That's in the Bible. (laughs) Do what you want to do, though. That's what I'm saying. It's like, if you want to subscribe to this, this method of thought, you be my guest, but at least practice what you preach to the nth degree. Don't cherry pick the things you like and don't like. It says in the Bible, women shall not take up garments pertaining to a man. That's where the Pentecostals come in. I see these women wearing this, this a lot of lipstick, a lot of rouge. Paint your faces up like Jezebel. Ahab loved it. You don't practice that part, though. But you're going to get upset about other women. Like Dana Loesch's photo, she's fully clothed holding two AR-15s. Really? This, this is what gets you offended? I mean, come on. Now, here's the deal. I'm a Christian as well. Would I buy a calendar like that? No, I wouldn't. Would I put it up on my wall? No, I wouldn't. Why? That would be disrespectful to my fiance. I wouldn't do something like that. Now, look, there are older generations that would do something. I remember my next door neighbor was a carpenter. He had the pinup of these women and utility belts in like nice skimpy outfits. His wife didn't mind. I don't necessarily agree with that. I feel like it's kind of a slap at your partner. I would never do something like that. But I'm also of the mindset that I think if you're trying to combine a religious ideology into conservatism, my next question is, which one? Catholicism? Pentecost? Baptist? Southern Baptist? 
Calvinists, Lutherans, non-denominational? Which one are we going with on this one? But as long as it's your way, you're okay with this. So this calendar created such a fiasco. All these It wasn't the men. I didn't see men complaining. Of course they're not going to complain. I saw Catalina Lauf. Nothing skippy about her. I think she's standing in front of a car. She's a very beautiful woman. But to sit there and, and call that softcore porn, I think that's very disingenuous. I think it's intellectually dishonest because I know what softcore porn looks like, and that ain't it. That ain't it. So a lot of them, you need to check yourselves and understand that conservatism no longer means one subscribing to one religion. I cannot agree with that. I cannot agree with that. So the whole calendar fiasco of 2023 was a great way to close out the new year <laughs> or the old year. Excuse me. I was like, this is really what we're upset about now. It was only the women. And I'm, I'm letting Sheila read this. She's just like rolling her eyes. Like, oh my God. Like if this is, if this is what's got us upset, take some time off Twitter, take a hiatus off Twitter. I mean, sincerely, if a calendar's got you that upset, you need to take a break from life. It's just ridiculous. Mm. I'm drinking tea from my throat. I went on a jog this morning. I came back and I just sound like this. All right. I had to, um, I had to get that out of the way. Cause I'm just sitting there and I, you know, you, you ever read something and you're just kind of like, is this really what we're upset about today? Like you wake up every day. It's like, all right, America, what are we pissed off about today? Cause trust me, there's plenty to be pissed off. Gas is almost $3 a gallon again. But I'm like, we're pissed off about a cow. Well, they're misrepresenting conservatism to who? Why does it matter? Who, why do you care? The more that you're trying to put a box around you and your movement, the more people you alienate. And that means you're going to start losing elections. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you have to accept them and celebrate them. I'm not saying that. I don't agree with transgenderism. But if they want to vote conservative, vote conservative. We'll take the votes. Do I want that in the schools? Of course not. I think there can be lines of common sense that can be drawn. And I, I sincerely find that a lot of the animosity that we have between the left and the right, it's over these gray areas where the lines need to be drawn. I don't want pornography in schools for children. I think that's disgusting. I don't want the trans LGBT nonsense forced down their throat. Because what is LGBT? Everything in that acronym is a sexuality. Keyword, sex. I don't want sex being pushed on children. That's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. Gay, straight, or bi, it doesn't matter. Let them be children. Don't ruin their childhoods for the sake of you scoring a political point. There's no point in this. There's no point. So, yeah. Apparently, uh, according to Miss Piper, uh, they should be wearing Amish clothes. Yes, uh, maybe a burqa next time. I, I was joking with Sheila. It's like, you're about to put your ass in a burqa. No. All right, calendar things out of the way. Let's get into the news, folks. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to love this. Um, oh, by the way, did you see that Trump was reinstated on the ballot in Colorado? Pending the SCOTUS doesn't overturn it again. I say it'll be, oh my God. Uh, I do love my Twitter family, but there are just, there's a lot of people there that uh, they're Ron DeSantis supporters and I think they've, they've kind of let themselves go to an nth degree that now you're trying to fabricate certain things to support your political narrative, which is now against Trump. Um, that was unconstitutional. They rescinded it very quickly. Um, and it's, it's going to continue happening. I think 16 states, including Texas, was calling for this. It's unconstitutional. You as a judge do not have the right 
to tell citizens in a state that so-and-so committed an insurrection. No, he didn't. Trump did not. They cannot try him for that. He denied the election. There's a lot more stuff coming out about it now, by the way. Even the person Trump paid to investigate, he paid him like $700,000. Forget his name. Couldn't find any fraud. And he actually came out against Trump and said, look, he paid me. I couldn't find anything. But either way, go back to the, uh, the original point. This was never going to stand. I'm not even a constitutional lawyer, folks. I'm not even a constitutional lawyer. But even I can tell you, with a basic understanding of, there's no trial here. You can't sit there and a judge say, I think he committed insurrection, take him off the ballot. You don't have that right. There has to be a trial. I think it's kind of in one of those amendments, you have a right to face your accuser. It's kind of in there. But suddenly all the Twitter lawyers come out. It's like, ah, it's going to stay. He's not going to be on the ballot. Yes, he is. Look, I do not like Trump. I'll never vote for him again. But I do not agree with taking him off the ballot. And folks, I was trying to tell people, and this happened like right before the trip. I tried telling some people, I was like, look, this is a very, very slippery time that we're in. Because if they do that to Trump, then Republicans better do it to Biden. And if it gets to that level, folks, it's got to get dirty. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get dirty. I don't want to see it get to that point. Let him be on the ballot. It's ridiculous. Of course he should be on the ballot. I'm not voting for his ass. I think he's an idiot. Never voting for him again. Not even if there's a fire. <laughs> if you want to vote for him, they'll vote for him. I don't care. But anyway, he got reinstated. I, I called that. Uh, you know, I was just sitting there. I was like, this, this is never going to fly. But some people did not feel that way. Um, and well, you know, we'll see. He's off the ballot in Maine for now. No, 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 he's not. He's actually not. If you read the actual statement, I think the woman also rescinded it. And, you know, if that goes to the SCOTUS, the SCOTUS will be like, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, folks, I wouldn't count on it. I would not count on that. A lot of what these people are doing, a lot of what these people are doing is called lawfare. And they're basically using the courts to try and manipulate people. They're using the courts to disparage people. The same with polls. Folks, the thing you have to remember about polling, polling in general, polls are nothing more than a way to manipulate voter behavior. That's all they're for. They can be polls to make you feel good about your candidate. Look at Hillary in 2015. She was polling very well. She was going to beat Trump out and blow him out of the water. What happened? Trump won. People really didn't want Hillary. Polls can be made to make you feel like your guy isn't going to do good. DeSantis, he doesn't move in the polls. Have you noticed that? No moving. Haley and Vivek do, slightly, but DeSantis doesn't. Who are the ones conducting these polls? And we've talked about this multiple times on the show, folks. Polls are just there to manipulate voters. It's an emotional thing. These are not accurate. I think most polls, they poll less than 1,000 people. That is not accurate representation out of states that have millions upon millions upon millions of people. Put it this way. Let's combine all the states for a total poll. That's 1,000 per state. 50,000 people out of 350 million. So if they polled 50,000 people out of 350 million that live in America, do you think that's accurate representation? Not even close. Not even close. All right, you just got to remember that. So anytime I see people quoting polls, polls don't matter. Polls don't matter. So AP story, uh, did you see the Harvard 
Harvard um, Claudine. Far-left Associated Press cover itself in corruption this week that claim the disgraced Harvard president Claudine Gay's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges. You ready for this, folks? You know what that weapon is? Plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plagiarism. That is the new weapon that conservatives are now using against our leftist opponents. Now, I'm waiting for anyone to explain that to me, please. I am begging you. Because I don't think there is any academic institution anywhere in the world that does not require you to cite your sources. I don't think there's any academic institution in the world that accepts any form of plagiarism at all. If they do, they're certainly not accredited. But this is what the left does. You bust somebody on the left, you get a lot of uh, flack thrown their way, what are they going to do? Race card. Folks, the, uh, the dean, I think it is, black and gay. Oh, my God. That's, that's like the intersectional bingo. We got ourselves a black lezzy? <laughs> Liberal? <laughs> Make our president. It's just that good. It's like the perfect, perfect. They can't. She's untouchable. Or so she thought. So listen to this, folks. What I'm about to read you is going to blow your mind. You see, according to AP reporters, Colin Binkley and Mariah Ballingett, the company itself says the piece was not up to standards and is in the process of being updated. Claudine Gay's serial plagiarism isn't the story. Also, not the story is Gay testifying before the U.S. House under oath that within the appropriate context, she doesn't believe that calling for the extermination of Jews on Harvard grounds violates school policy. This is where it stemmed from. Remember the three, the three women, there you go. Men, liberal men aren't even much better, to tell you the truth. Liberal women have the balls in most relationships because the men don't have enough masculinity to tell them to shut up. These three women get up there and all of them are kind of like, oh no, calling for genocide, free speech on school property. It's like, how much federal money do you get? And then the second question is, why do you get it? Now, let's push pause on that. I'm going to tell you right now, I stand with the Jews. I don't care who that offends. Call me Goyim. Call me whatever. I'm on the side of the Jews. The Jews. No, oh, Burke's a Zionist shell. I don't care. I don't. Um, all right, call me a Zionist. I'm going. Does that, does that take away from my sleep at night? No, because I use rack out gummies from shellshockcbd.com. Hey, may sleep like a baby. If they want to have their own Jewish state, fine. Go to town. I just don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. But anyway, these three women get up there and like, no, no, it's okay to call for violence towards Jewish people. This, this whole fiasco of Gaza and Israel, if you take a step back, Gaza violates a ceasefire, cross the border, murder and cold blood, 1400 men, women, and children raping, sodomizing ultimate violence. And then they take 250 hostages. And then the world sits there and pearl clutches and cries in mass about how Israel responds in kind and levels Gaza. Oh, it's genocide. But you didn't say anything when Jews were being exterminated. I'll take Jews over Muslims any day. 
I'll take Jews over Muslims any day. I don't care who that offends. Any day. But the entire world sits there and you start screaming about Palestine. I'd say 90% of the people out there screaming, they have no idea the history of Palestine. The fact that Palestine isn't even a real state. And then I love how the chance of genocide from the river to the sea, Palestine should be free, which before meant from the river on the east to the ocean to the west, slaughter anybody non-Muslim in between here and then. And suddenly they try, well, that's not what that means. Oh, really? Then I guess Zeke Hale, you know, doesn't have anything to do with Hitler because we're going we're gonna to commandeer it and change it to something better. And the Schwarzenegger salute. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, that doesn't mean Hitler anymore. That, that's, a new, that's a new thing we're doing now. Yeah, sure it is. You got to love this. They try, and folks, look at how this happened. You try and change the language. You try and change the narration. Own the meanings. And then start getting away with saying the most disgusting things possible. Now, I am a free speech, free speech absolutist. I am. But if a, a school does not maintain the stance of saying, you're not going to call for violence towards people on our properties. It's not going to happen. If they did it towards blacks, oh, you better believe. They did it towards the gays. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Let me, let's just, let's just pose this, this hypothetical here. Let's say like on that same school campus in Harvard, people were saying genocide of the black liberal or genocide of black people in general. You think they tolerate that? You think they tolerate something like that? There's no way. There's no way they would tolerate that. The gays and the blacks are untouchable. You can't say one bad thing about them. Because if you do, oh, you're a racist bigot. Well, yeah, maybe I am now at this, this, this point in time because a racist bigot to you, to me, just means somebody that believes in freedom and equality, true freedom and equality. You don't. You believe in supremacy and favoritism. That's what you believe in. Not me. Not this guy. It's mind-boggling to me. But if it's, if it's towards the Jews, oh, well, it's okay. It's okay. If there's any doubt or any wonder why Jews have communities like they do, this right here proves it. Blacks do it. Asians do it. White people don't because I think there's more of us. We don't really have communities. In fact, I mean, the older I get, the more I want to move away from half you idiots. You get on my nerves. Stupid people. By the way, I got to interject this. If you're a parent on a plane and you got a kid that is kicking the seat in front of you and you don't do anything, I think you deserve to get smacked. Deserve to get smacked. I hate those parents. You're horrible people and you have no soul. Now, here's the crazy part. The Harvard president resigns and she gets to keep, she gets to keep her money. You know how much this woman makes a year? (laughs) Do you know how much this woman makes a year? Harvard's president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against Kyle. Yeah, yeah. And I love how on, um, oh, she made, she made, nobody knows it. She made about, she makes about 700,000 a year. Seven hundred thousand dollars to do what? 
to do what? What do you do? And the thing, and the only reason I bring this up, folks, is this is a very commonly thrown um, uh, argumentative point with the socialists on the left. What are you doing with all this money? I'm, I'm waiting for the young Turks to come out there and push their communism nonsense. What are you doing with all this money? Do you need that much? Now, I'm, here's the thing. I don't care if they want to pay you that. Hey, go to town. Capitalism, baby. Absolutely. But this, isn't it funny how a lot of these leftists that preach socialism, you make so much money, and what do you do? Democrats are silent. They're silent. That excursion says one million. Thank you for the sub, man. Oh, that's cool. You get a castle next to your thing. Thanks for the sub, Dad. Subs good. They stand out so I can see their comments better. And she gets to stay on his profile. Yeah, yeah. She resigns. She keeps her, her, her yearly pension. Or her yearly salary. You got to love it. So she resigned, but nothing's really happening. She's already rich. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I love this, how AP, the Associated Press, tweets this out. It says, Harvard president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges, plagiarism. That's not a conservative weapon. That's just wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong. How can you sit there and label that plagiarism as a left or as a, that's a conservative tool? To, oh, the whiteies are out to get all the blacks and the Jews and the Chinese. Oh, how are they doing it now? Please tell us, Talcum X. Well, plagiarism. That's how they're doing it. They try to keep us all down. They're trying to make us not be able to copy other people's work. Listen to this. I tweeted this out. No, it's a real tweet. Michael Harriet, and this guy's a writer. He says, so black students can't learn stuff that makes white people uncomfortable, but they also got to make sure we correctly cite our sources. Got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's take that first part. So black students can't learn stuff that makes white people uncomfortable. Okay. I think he's referring to CRT. CRT at heart, if you look at it, is studying the effects of racism and slavery and yada, 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 with the very subtle nods and nuances of blaming whitey. But this is what you want to educate your people on for what reasoning? I'm, I'm very curious on that. There's always, there's always a method. There's always an, always an alternative or ultimatum. Or not ultimate. There, there's, there's a goal. There's, there's a reasoning they're pushing for this. It's to demonize white people again. The contemporary black liberal is now akin to the 1950s white Democrat. You can quote me on this. The contemporary black liberal is racist and is the exact same as the 1950s Dixie Democrat. They want segregation, Jim Crow era. They say the most racist things imaginable. Just go on Twitter. You can see it for yourself. The racism is so blatant in the black communities that nobody dares say anything. Now, we fast forward to the 1950s. The racism was so blatant in white communities. Well, the blacks couldn't, they, they weren't going to say anything. Isn't it interesting how we come full circle? 
So he says, the black students can't learn stuff that makes white people uncomfortable. No, not on federal dollars, not on state dollars. You're there to get an education. You want to take on black gender studies and crap like that, go to a black college. That's absolutely, do it all you want. Then he says, but they also gotta, I love this guy's a writer, says gotta, they also gotta make sure we correctly cite our sources. Do you, do you not know how this works? And by the way, wait till they find out that Wikipedia ain't a source. <laughs> Bro, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. Gambit, thank you for the $2 dono. Gotta take my Mr. Rogers jacket off. A little warm up in here. Maybe I'm just getting sick. I don't know. I sound like it, don't I? Thank you for the subs, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We appreciate it. They got to make sure we correctly cite our sources. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of being an academic. You got to pull where your references came from. Gore with a monthly supporter. That up, Gore. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Let's just back up a moment to take a good, long, objective look at what we're talking about here. And her already impressive, unimpressive. This, by the way, this is the same woman she plagiarized. I think this is her, uh, her thesis. In her already unimpressive scholastic career, Claudine Gay committed so much plagiarism, some four, now I didn't know this, 47 instances, according to the far left New York Times, that the first black woman to hold the top job at Harvard was forced to resign. The fact that this woman is Claudine Gay is immaterial. Do you have any idea how much plagiarism has to be committed before a black woman loses her job as the first black woman of anything? And of course, this is coming from uh, Breitbart, and they're, they're dead on the money on this one. They are dead on the money on this one. The fact that she's gay and black, you know it had to be bad to get to that level. But once again, we reward this type of behavior, and then you defend it. You defend it. Blacks come rushing out of the woodwork. No, 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 no. They're just it's because it's not because she's wrong. And she used other people's work to get to the position she's in now, which is very akin to Kamala Harris, but we'll not go down that road. But now you're defending said actions because she's black, because she's gay. And then you wonder why your community in America is in shambles. You wonder why the black community in America is inherently so violent. You sit there and you see when somebody does wrong, you will not condemn it. And instead you encourage and empower it under this idea that they're just victims because of their skin color. This is why the black community in America will never get ahead. You will never get ahead. And that's not me saying it from the position of, I don't like you and I don't want you to. It's saying that you won't do it because you refuse to allow yourselves to do it. You drag each other down any chance you get. And then when something like this happens, set an example to do the right thing for children, you defend it. You attack those that are successful, that disagree with you politically. Larry Elder, Ben Carson... I've seen so many conservative black people have been attacked by liberal left. You call them coons, sellouts, Uncle Toms, which I don't understand why you're calling them Uncle Tom because you've actually read the book. Uncle Tom was a good guy, but okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Fair. But this is what you do. And then you teach this ignorance to your children and your children grow up hating white people, hating anybody that doesn't look like them. They're always the victim. And how does that work out for you? Has that improved your life in any way? No, it doesn't. 
Do you see any other, do you see any other race out there in America like yours that is dealing with the same issues to the extent that you are? And this is, this is black Democrats. I'm talking specifically like conservative blacks, libertarian blacks. They don't have their heads up their asses. They're most large. Most of them are very successful. We can all agree that slavery was wrong. Racism is wrong. These are things we should fight against. But once the fight is over, or at least we come to the understanding is you're never going to beat racism. As long as people are ignorant and uneducated, you're always going to have racism. That's just the way it is. It's the way the world works. And folks, uh, you know, a very interesting thing about, um, this is something totally off topic. Going to Spain and seeing how Spain is in comparison to say, for example, Mexico and South America, black and white difference, not in color. I'm just talking about like uh, figurative black and white, the Spanish over there, like my Spanish is getting better. I don't speak it eloquently, but I, I pick up tits and I, I like watching the movies because you can, you can catch things. Um, very proper. The enunciation is, is very proper. Uh, they hold themselves up with, with a lot of pride. Um, European and because and, they're in Europe. Yeah. Then you go to places like South America, completely different. Now, of course, they speak Spanish, but this was like, again, these are people from the Aztecs, the Mayans, the Incans. And then you got a lot of mixed blood from where the Spaniards came over and conquered. But there is a stark difference between the two. And I thought that was very interesting to learn about and the histories and how much the Spanish and Portuguese conquered. Whew. Man, those black liberals need to get an education. If you saw how much the Spanish conquered, go to South America. Oh, my God. South America, whoo. A lot of them don't like the Spanish. A lot of Spanish do not like the Mexicans or South Americans. They're just like, nope. They, I kind of, it's like one of those, they view them as kind of like the, the trailer trash. It's like, oh, we're, we're the, I'm not saying that's what it is. I've been to South America. I had a really, really good time there. People were very nice, very, very um, hospitable. Same in Spain. But I thought that was interesting. I flew back to New York for the holidays of the family. I tell you, I love my family, but the politics there are insane. The left is, uh, has its clutches, the Northeast, and the people are fine with it. Uh, you know, Gore, I was talking to my cousin. She lives up there, and it feels like a lot of New Yorkers are going the opposite direction now. They're saying that like, it's just, it's horrible. You can't even, the living conditions are just, they're horrible. But um, let's go back to the point. It's like asking how many suitcases full of women's clothes does the Biden administration's transvestite nuclear official have to steal before he's fired? That's, that's where the luggage was, folks. Sam Britton. That's that's who that's that's probably where the bags were. That transvestite degenerate probably stole our bags. Oh, he's probably wearing my pants too. Oh God. Oh God. Using Sheila's makeup. Would you fuck me? Um sorry, I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying not to cuss on the show. But still. It's nasty. I mean, look at all the Spanish-speaking countries from. Where do you think it's Well, East Coast is one of those things that when you look at the migration patterns, when you look at the history of Spanish and, and the Portuguese and, and, you know, all the places they conquered and visited and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, it makes sense. But it's like, how did it get there? Like, when did it get there? And so you start learning a lot of this stuff. Because for me, my, my interest has been mainly in, like, European countries. I love the history there. But like I said, we did some, some South America travels uh, last year. And it was interesting to see the Mayans, the Incans, and all these other... Um, excuse me, cultures and how they, uh, you know, defined Mexico and South America uh, to be more precise. But then you look at places like Spanish or Spain rather, and just kind of like, wow, like for such a small country, I mean, it's small now, but still 
It's just, it's interesting to see how the history of the world has worked. So when you visit these countries and you learn the history, you start piecing these things together. It's like, wow, like I get it now. I get, I get the whole difference between Spanish and Hispanic like this. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I get it now. Makes sense. I liked it. I liked it. It was really good. A lot, a lot of interesting thing. Um, so you got to love this. Another black liberal, this black supremacist, Ibram X. Kendi. Other woke activists rage over Claudine Gay resigning as Harvard president. Racist mobs. You want there to be racism. Because without it, you've got no reason for living. Because that's all you do. You grift. You're a grifter. You're the new Jesse Jackson. You're the new Al Sharpton. This is what you do. You grift. You create situations that are racially incentivized when there was nothing there to begin with. You think they're targeting her because she's black? Then what about the other two white women that sat on that panel? I think one of them was Hispanic, wasn't she? So if it's racism, what about the white chick? Anything for that? But he only comes to the defense of the black woman. Hmm. Interesting. Hardcore woke activists and critical race theory pushers, including Professor Ibram X, this guy is a professor, Kendi raged into the void of social media on Tuesday in response to the news that Claudine Gay was resigning from her position as president of Harvard University. You got busted cheating. Let's, let's call this what it was. You cheated. So naturally, you're going to get fired. Originally, Harvard wasn't going to fire, but apparently now she's resigned. They should have fired her a long time ago. As Breitbart News reported on Tuesday, Gay finally announced her resignation after weeks of battling accusations of plagiarism in the wake of her botched testimony before Congress about the rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses from anti-Israel activists, the report noted. The only reason her career got put in the spotlight is the positioning that she took against the Jews. So anti-Semitism is okay on her campus. But apparently, plagiarism is too. Oh, actually, it's not. It's against the rules and the code of conduct in Harvard. In fact, I think that's against the code of conduct in any academic standing school, in any, any school. Um, it's a big no-go. You don't get to use somebody else's thing. But you got to love that. Now, the tune that they're spinning right now this plagiarism is a right-wing thing they're going after the left for in academia. Really? Okay. Um, let's fast forward to, uh, what was it, 1988? What's this? Flashback. Joe Biden's first presidential run in 1988 catered amid, uh, created multiple instances of plagiarism. Former Vice President Joe Biden mounted an unsuccessful presidential campaign in 1988. When an incident of plagiarism in campaign speeches and during his time in law school came to light, his campaign was soon suspended. My intent was not to deceive anyone. Yes, it was. Biden wrote at the time, for if it were, I would not have been so blatant. Yes, you did. Biden is mulling over another president run a president in 2020, which is an announcement. Comes blah, 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 blah. Okay, this, this uh, article came to us from back in 2019. So plagiarism is a right-wing tactic to go after left-wing people. Explain this. Explain that. Explain this to me because I don't get it. I mean, I do. You're lying, race-baiting pieces of crap. You're racist at core. And it's time white people started standing up and speaking out against you, black racists, Ibram and the rest of these people. You should be canceled. That's right. I said it. I don't care. 
Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy back in the news. Vivek Ramaswamy expresses anger over his exclusion from CNN's Iowa debate. Um, I have not read this article. I don't know why I missed. Maybe he just didn't reach the, uh, the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the requirement in the realm of GOP. The fact that they're even doing this on CNN, I don't agree with this. I do not agree with this folks. Look, I don't, you can be on team DeSantis. You can be on team Trump. I don't care which team you're on. I think that by and large, we as conservatives, as what a uh, constitutionalist, whatever you want to call ourselves, we've got to stop backpedaling and giving these freaks our business. Fox is not doing a good job. They're just not. But CNN is now stepping up saying, we want to host some town halls. We want to host some debates. And the candidates are like, yep. Now, look, I understand from a candidate's perspective, it's a good thing. You're going to get in front of more independents. You're going to get in front of more moderate Democrats. So if you do secure the general or the uh, the primary, you could probably you know sway more in the general. I get this. I understand this. But folks, at heart, this is a left versus right. CNN was the number one mouthpiece and proponent for COVID during the lockdowns. The likes of Cuomo, Lemon, Stelter, the rest of these talking heads shamed us they shamed us non-stop and what did they, did they ever apologize nope they wanted us fired they wanted our careers ruined they called us every manner of nazi grandma killer this that and the other and all we simply said was just leave us alone just just leave us alone i want to live my life i don't want to get the jab i want to do what i want but no that wasn't enough you, oh, they wanted to strap down to gurneys and forcibly eject it against our will. This is what CNN was saying for years. And now suddenly we go running back to them to do debates. I'm sorry, but I'm tired of sitting there and being spineless. With, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Vivek Ramaswamy is upset about this. I figure he of all people would have taken the right position. I'm, I'm kind of sad DeSantis didn't. But you think Vivek, out of all people, would have said, hey, um, after he called out those journalists or the moderators that were leftists and saying, I don't even know why you're moderating here, but then you're upset you're not going on CNN. I'm going to say that Vivek, I think from his political standpoint, should have been like, I'm not going on CNN. Y'all go debate over there, but I'm not going to give them any of my value, nothing. I want them done. These people destroyed or helped destroy so much. I think the I think Vivek should have taken, I was kind of sad DeSantis didn't. I wanted him to, but DeSantis also was going to play the game. That's the politics part of it. I get it. I don't like it. I don't like CNN. I think it's ridiculous. I think CNN is the Clinton News Network. These people have been lying for years. They're never, and when they do get held accountable, it's always some little, little just a bottom scroll in the lower third of recanting or retracting a story. Yeah, we got it wrong. And they'll spend like 30 seconds like, we'd like to apologize to our listener audience because we got it wrong on COVID. All right, moving on. It's like, bro. You just, for years, you lied. You lied and you spread false misinformation. No accountability, no apologies, nothing. You just expect the American, look folks, I'm sorry. I kind of, I got referenced back to that Daryl Worley song and he talks about 9-11, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten what they did to us? Have you forgotten how they demonized us? Oh, my God. And what did I tell you back then, folks? What did I tell you back then? We're going to destroy the economy. And this is going to be felt for generations. You're already feeling it. How do I know? I'm feeling it. Sales are way down at Shell Shock. That's across the board. I've talked to a lot of my, my friends that are entrepreneurs. 
anywhere from 15 to 25% across the board because people don't have money anymore. The discretionary spending is gone. People, again, the majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So 50 bucks for bags of gummies to get you high, that's like half a tank of gas now. I don't blame people. Look, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. But still, I get it. I get it. If, you know, if I was that strapped, I've been that strapped before. Yeah. Uh, the, the things that come first are food on the table, gas, in the, and you're paying the bills. I get it. But all you have to do is look at small businesses, look at companies, and see how they're doing under the Biden administration. Now, I will say Trump did good for the first two years, but during the lockdowns that he supported, destroyed it. Started print, The Fed started printing money like crazy. Where do you think those $1,200 checks were coming from? That contributed massively to inflation. And here we are, 2024. I still saw people wearing masks. I still see articles. We're not out of COVID. Yes, we are. Shut up. You're a sheep. Lazy sheep says, I would love to buy your product, John, to support, but I'm watching everything. I do. I, I totally get it. But you don't have to explain it. I, I'm right there with you, man. I understand. I understand. God willing, we'll be here after the Biden administration. I've seen uh, two other companies shut down due to economic issues, and I feel bad for them. I hate this. I hate this. It's, it sucks. Small business owners losing everything because of administration so ridiculous. And you know, people still think Biden's doing a good job. On Twitter, you, you sit there and you have some, some Biden supporters, and I'm kind of like, why? What? <laughs> Why are you supporting him? <laughs> what, like, okay, no, no, seriously. I, I mean, seriously, why? What has he done that warrants your support? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. It's certainly not the economy. It's certainly not our global positioning. We're the laughing stock. Billions to Ukraine. Millions to Israel, which I don't agree with. What exactly? I mean, we got an open southern border, by the way. Oh, it's getting bad. It's getting really bad. <laughs> what possible reason could you have to vote for Biden? I'm, I'm very curious. Now, most Democrats, I feel, will tell you the reason they're voting for Biden in 2024 is because he's not Trump. And that's not me slant, slanting at Trump because I'll slant at him all day. I, th I think they genuinely believe that. It's because he's not Trump. I've seen a, a few Democrats that I follow said they would vote for someone like DeSantis. They're not going to vote for Trump. Whether you agree with that or not, it's up to you. But I, I just don't know how anybody could even vote Biden anymore. Even if you hate Trump that much, really? You're voting for, you're voting for Sleepy Joe. You're okay. You hate Trump that much that you would rather pay more in gas, pay more in groceries, no vacation money, live paycheck to paycheck, see friends that have started these businesses slowly go down the toilet because this economy is horrible. The cost of lumber is up. The cost of steel is up. The housing market's in a crisis, not since like since 2008. But hey, at least we don't have Trump. You people are stupid. I mean that. You people are genuinely dumb. You are genuinely dumb. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You're morons. You are morons. You shouldn't even be allowed to vote. You're that stupid. Ugh. Vivek Ramaswamy, in the realm of the GOP presidential hopefuls, Vivek Ramaswamy finds himself in a problematic situation. 
as he faces the probability of not qualifying for CNN's upcoming GOP presidential debate in Iowa, with his poll numbers seemingly falling short. Ramaswamy didn't mince words, launching a scorching attack on CNN, blaming the network for controlling the narrative and favoring particular candidates, specifically former UN ambassador Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm folks, I'm saying this from a position that I've been watching. Team Trump looks like they could be favoring a Nikki Haley VP tap. I mean, John, you said you aren't going to vote for Trump. No, I'm not. My position has not changed. I at least have reasoning why I'm not voting for Trump. I have legitimate reasoning. His policies were no different than liberals on the left, but I'm not voting for him. I'd rather see DeSantis win. I'm not going to play this game, but also Trump, you know, I'm not going to keep going down. this. We, we beat this horse to death. You know where I stand on Trump. Trump is not a constitution. Furthest thing from it. But this idea, this idea of like the 2020 runoff was, well, it's not Donald Trump. We need Joe Biden. Joe Biden literally campaigned on shutting a lot of the freaking energy down, energy sectors. He basically described to people what he wants to do and you voted for him anyway. I think it's, I think it's insane. I think it's insane. But I am curious. If Trump taps Nikki, <laughs> oh my God. Part of me wants to see this happen just to see the, the mental gymnastics, the Olympic level mental gymnastics of MAGA representatives on Twitter that will be jumping through every hoop in Disney World like the SEALs do, trying to rationalize and justify how Nikki Haley is no longer a neocon. Now she's a good guy. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. I loved how Vivek said, that's John McCain in heels. That's who Nikki, Nikki Haley scares me. This woman is dangerous. But now Trump Jr. says, no, it's not going to happen. Trump Sr. is not ruling it out. Um, if I was in the Trump's team, if I was in Trump camp, Nikki Haley would be the last person I'd ever pick. The last person I'd ever pick. I mean that. I sincerely mean that. That woman is a neocon. She is Bush grade conservative, and I wouldn't even say conservative, Bush-grade Democrat, old guard Democrat, like ties to Raytheon, KBR, Brent, all of it. That's Dick Cheney Jr. up there, minus the shotgun, okay? If Trump picks her, oh, the hilarious antics that will ensue from the grifters of the likes of Jack Sobasek, Charlie Kirk, the rest of you sellout shill morons that are not even constitutional, Oh, I'm here for it, baby. I am here for it. I'll be sitting there with popcorn, eating it, and just reading and laughing so hard. At the level of copium, you're going to have to manage to deal with something like that. Now, who would I pick if I was trying? I don't know. I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't go then into the candidates running. I'd find somebody else. But oh my God. Maybe even Ted Cruz. Who knows? But yeah, dude, Nikki Haley? Oh God, no. God, no. But we'll see. We'll see. Have you seen the um, the Epstein, all the Epstein stuff? The lists apparently have still not been released. They said they were. And they said due to threats and death threats, well, it's going to be towards later January. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I don't think we're ever going to see these lists. I really don't. I really don't. I don't think they're going to drop them. But anyway, um, <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers are going at it. And I love it. 
Aaron Rodgers takes Epstein-related dig at Jimmy Kimmel, late-night host, fires back. Now, Jimmy Kimmel, you got to remember, Jimmy Kimmel peddled Russian collusion propaganda. He peddled the COVID nonsense nonstop. He has lambasted conservatives every chance he gets. This guy was on the man show. He did blackface. He was a misogynist. He basically, uh, you know, treated women like sexual objects. And the reason I bring this up is that it's literally met every criteria, according to the left, of what gets you canceled on their terms. But he's not. Apparently, you got to rape somebody. I think that, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And even then, it's like, can we brush it under the rug? Look at Bill Clinton. How many women did he rape? Um, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers took a dig. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not well-liked in the NFL because this guy basically stood for, uh, you know, medical autonomy and freedom. Respect to him. Um, Aaron Rodgers took a dig at comedian Jimmy Kimmel and said the late-night talk show host name would appear on the late convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's client list. Rodgers made the remark during his weekly spot on ESPN's The Pat McAfee Show on Tuesday, and it appeared to be just another page in the ongoing feud between the two. There's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, who are really hoping that doesn't come out, Roger said. I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping some sort of bottle. I mean, Kimmel, who runs, um, whose show runs on ABC, took a shot at Rogers in March before he was traded with to the Jets when he talked about theories of UFOs being shot down in the midst of Chinese spy balloon scandal. Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers who offered his hot take on the Pat McAfee show. Kimmel said before leading into a clip where Rodgers made a note of potential names on Jeffrey Epstein's client list being released. Might be time to revisit that uh, concussion protocol Kimmel quipped. So Kimmel fired the first shot. He's, he's a stand-up comic but don't you dare sit there and start getting offended with dudes launch back at you. Kimmel didn't appear to be laughing at the jab he took from Rodgers on McAfee's show and threatened to get lawyers involved if he kept it up. He ain't going to. You know why? Can anybody answer why he's not going to sue him for that? I, I think you know why. If that goes to court, things are going to come out. I sincerely mean that. I'm not talking about, like, ooh, yeah, trust the plan. It's probably because he's on the list. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. For the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality, Kimmel wrote on X. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we will debate the facts further in court. <laughs> I'm going to sue you. Me. Put your life in danger. You got to love this with Democrats. Everything is either it's putting my life in danger or it's a threat to democracy. Say something we don't agree with. It's a threat to democracy. You're putting my life in danger. Really? Really? You, you, you genuinely feel that way. Kimmel, you can afford security, brother. You'll be okay. Now about those flight logs. Come on, man. You know, you know. Nearly 200 names that have been previously been redacted from court documents in a lawsuit against Epstein's former lover and accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, will soon be made public after a federal judge in New York ordered their unsealing last month. U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska issued a 51-page order and explanation for her reasoning on whether to unseal the contact or, excuse me, or continue to redact the names of about 180 John and Jane Doe's, some, giving some clues as to who they may be. 
Some of the names were previously known through other means, despite having been withheld from the public's eye in the lawsuit. Many had been publicly known ties to Epstein. Others on the list included his alleged victims who were taken to his private island in the U.S. Virginia Islands or one of his mansions in New York City and Florida. I think a lot of people forget it wasn't just the island that a lot of the stuff was happening on. The island was a focal point, but Epstein was involved in human trafficking internationally. Virginia Goofrey, an Epstein accuser who said that he tracked her as a minor in the early 2000s, sued Maxwell in 2015. The party settled out of court in 2017. Epstein had relationships with numerous influential figures from politicians, including former presidents and prime ministers, to Hollywood stars, leading academics, and the UK's Prince Andrew, whom Goofrey also sued. Now, oh. Let me just uh, read the next article for you real quick. ABC's news covers Epstein-Clinton ties. Years after Amy Robach, hot mic, we had everything scandal. A former ABC news anchor once said New York or network honchos squashed the story. Why did they squash the story? Oh, my God, folks. You think that that TV series House of Cards with Kevin Spacey where everybody's so corrupt? This is it. This is it. Now, look, I'm not talking about pizza guy. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that there are so many connected people in D.C. to this. If you get the likes of Prince Andrew in England, come on. The Clintons, I mean, oh my God. You know Bill Clinton is a, is a pedophile. I don't think Hillary is because I don't care what your age is. Ain't nobody sticking a dick in that thing. <laughs> I don't care how old or young you are. That ain't going to happen. ABC News is the first to report over the weekend that former President Bill Clinton is expected to be identified as one of several John Doe's in previously redacted documents related to convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. An about face for the Disney-owned network after a former anchor said executives spiked her Epstein-Clinton reported in 2019. In 2019, leaked footage for then-ABC News anchor Amy Robach shocked the media industry when she was caught saying the Disney-owned network spiked her Epstein reporting. I've had the story for three years. We would not put it on the air, Robach said on the hot mic, referring to reporting that would have taken place in 2016. So ABC's got a lot of blood on its hands. You squish the story. Why? Why? Why'd you squish it? It was unbelievable that we, and you know, we talk about the, the boycotting of Bud Light and stuff like that. Why is this not resonating amongst the hashtag save our children crowd to boycott ABC? I'm curious on this one. Yeah, I, I don't want to do dressing up pretending to be a girl. I don't drink Bud Light anyway because I'm not gay. But still, no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm just not a Bud Light fan. It tastes like camel piss. I like Guinness. We, we take problems with that. But ABC sits on a story... For three years, it was supposed to come out in 2016. How many lives could you have saved? How many children could you have saved? But you didn't. Nobody. Where's the outrage? This, this, this should be trending. ABC was proven to sit on a story that could have saved lives to instead protect whom? Or whom, rather. I think Clinton's one of them. It's disgusting. Now, legally... Is there any, you know, thing you can do? No, of course not. You don't have to report a story if you don't want to. 
It was unbelievable that we had Clinton. We had everything. She added an apparent reference to the former president. I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations. And I, and I freaking had it all. Robach said, I'm so pissed right now. Robach was also heard saying, there will come a day when we realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. I had it all three years ago. Robox, the diatribe was allegedly recorded in late August of that year, days after NPR criticized the mainstream media, including ABC, for sitting on Epstein's news. The convicted sex offender had already been found dead at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York while awaiting federal trial for sex trafficking. But Epstein was very much alive three years earlier when ABC News didn't air Robox reporting. And last on this topic, Bill Clinton to be identified in previously redacted Jeffrey Epstein documents. Report says Clinton, not the only big name expected to be released per Fox News' Andrea Hoff. Uh, former President Clinton is going to be identified as one of several John Doe's in previously redacted documents related to convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, according to ABC News. Fox News' Andrea Hoff reported Monday that Clinton is not the only big name expected to be released. We've all known this. We know. But here's, here's the thing that uh, I've been running around in my mind like a little hamster on the wheel. I know you're not going to like hearing this, folks, but being on a flight log does not a pedophile make. Being on the island does not a pedophile make. The reason I'm saying this is that I feel like he had parties there that people went to. The thing is, like, you've got to be able to prove pedophilia. It's not something I take lightly. It's not something that I hurl accusations at people lightly. I feel like with something like this, I'm very curious. Now, the, the same side, though, on a different side, actually playing devil's advocate, there were multiple people that came out and said Epstein was a well-known pedophile. Even Trump came out and said he liked some young folks. I think people knew. Everyone knew. It just wasn't talked about. The same with the Weinstein issue. Uh, he was a good friend to Oprah. But it was kind of like, hey, this is this is part of being in Hollywood. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to sleep with some people. You got to degrade yourself. If you want the big money, you got to sell your soul. It's like everybody knew, but nobody talked about it. I feel like Epstein was the same way. When you made it into certain economic circles and socialite uh, circles, if you will, socialized circles, it was kind of little known or it was well known. You just didn't talk about it. It was like pedophile fight club. You don't talk about it. So realistically, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I think whoever's on that list, it's not going to make them look good. Um, RFK Jr., he's on, he said he he used the flight log twice with his family. So I'm kind of like, do I think he's a pedophile? No, I don't. He said he used he used the plane. His, his entire family flew with him on it. Um, Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I just don't want to see innocent people have their lives destroyed for being on an island. But then again, at the same time, you know, it seemed like everybody knew who a Jeffrey Epstein was and what he did. Rumble, what do we, I mean, kick, what do we think? I'm just, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I know RFK didn't go to the island, but he is on some of the flight logs. He did use the plane. We got flight logs, we got island. Unless people are just referencing flight logs going to the island. And if you're on the island, yeah, that doesn't look good either. I'm not going to lie. That doesn't look good. Not by, uh, yeah. You don't go to Grape Island to fish. I Yeah, I know. I know. But I do believe in due process, though. That's the problem. But here's the crazy part about this whole thing, though. 
Bill Clinton, we already know. What are they going to do to this guy? The Clintons are untouchable. The only thing that's going to take Clinton is death. And God, hopefully that comes soon. Both him and his wife. Disgusting people. Disgusting, horrible, horrible people. But here's the thing that irks me. Once the list comes out, you think there's going to be prosecutions? I don't. I don't think they're prosecute anybody. They already could have. They have the list. They know. Nobody's getting prosecuted. That's the issue. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think our system is so corrupt. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think it's going to come down to like vigilante justice at some point. Because when the DOJ continues to fail, oh, I forgot about this. You see Trump with the FBI? What, what, what is with this? Can anybody in MAGA explain to me why Trump, oh my God, the mental gymnastics that came from that were freaking hilarious. Oh my God. Trump wanting to build him a brand new building, a new building for the FBI. He was like, I think he was being ironic. No, he was basically saying the FBI needs to stay in DC and fix their mess. I'm like, no, no, I get what he's saying. I know what he means. But the answer to that is the most assured, hell no. Like people just don't learn. People just don't learn. The FBI, the CIA should be abolished. Abolished. We don't need these agencies. We never should have had them. Because what people don't seem to understand, people in the MAGA camp, it's like, well, Trump wants to decentralize the FBI. What? You know, you're, I don't think you even know what you're talking about. There's only like over like 50 field offices. We, we t- they're already decentralized to a degree. They have branches everywhere. Well, he wants to keep them in D.C. so we keep an eye on them. What? He appointed Ray. You kidding me? The same FBI that helped, you know, push the Russian collusion. They knew the Steele dossier was a fake. They knew that Hillary Clinton had planted all that nonsense. What did the FBI do? Nothing. You sat on it. Peter Stroh, Lisa Page. Tried to undermine Trump. They're FBI agents, or they were. The FBI spies, and they go in and they investigate school board meetings where parents are up there, you know, exercising their First Amendment, saying we don't want pornography in schools, and you call them, you label them domestic terrorists. Same FBI. And Trump says, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to build them such a, Are you kidding me? The FBI should be abolished. But once again, Trump does what Trump does. He makes stupid decisions, stupid picks. I think most MAGA voters and most DeSantis voters can agree on the idea of like, we should probably get rid of the FBI. Because what people just don't seem to understand is it's that, yes, you could clean it up. You could fire a lot of the, uh, the corrupted agents, but good luck finding them. It's the same as trying to find a crooked cop. They don't advertise it. You have to do a lot of investigations. But what people fail to understand is this, is the level of corruption is a, a human type of ordeal you got to deal with. So if an organization that wields such authority at the federal government 
can be potentially corrupted due to political polarizing um, sides, if you will. That organization should not exist. But people say, well, as long as it works for Trump, then it can happen. Well, then you don't really believe what you're saying. You believe in the idea of an FBI existing to serve at Trump's will, just like Democrats will believe in an FBI existing to serve at Biden's will. Ultimately, it should be the will of the people, but it's not. The FBI has been utilized as a political weapon to go after primarily Republicans. Now, you explain to me, you explain to me how buying them a new building and empowering them in any way helps or prevents that from ever occurring again. And I agree with Telcorn. Fuck the ATF. Ban them too. The level of gymnastics that I saw MAGA pull to, now there were some, now I, I do respect, there were some MAGA that were like, nope, don't agree with them on this one. Absolutely not. Nothing but respect for you on that one. Glad to see that. A lot of people though, oh no. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, all right, boys, get the propaganda machines churning. Here we go. How are we going to spin this one? No, no. I, I, I retweeted some of these morons. Some of them were actually saying, it's like, no, no, we need to tear down the, the, uh, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the architecture. It's, it's been compromised. We got to tear it down and rebuild new ones. Oh, where do you start? Where do you start? Okay. There's these, these things called buildings. The buildings in and of themselves are not inherently evil or even good for that matter. They're just there. They're morale, you know, morally neutral things that exist. They themselves cannot be evil or good. They, they are there. Now there's these other things called human beings that go inside of these buildings and make illegal calls. They're called the FBI. Those are the ones you should be abolishing. And then take the building, refab it, and give it to somebody else. Make it a homeless shelter. It's in a D, it's in a, you know, a Democrat shithole. You're going to need it. But no. Trump literally gets up there and just, oh my God. I'm so sick of this. You attack the Second Amendment. You go pro-choice. You can't answer if a man can become a woman. You side with Disney. You side with Bud Light. You want to empower the FBI. Can anyone tell me what about this guy is conservative? Because everything I literally just listed for you are Democrat talking points. We are beyond the point where you can just turn a blind eye or play ostrich and stick your head up your ass rather than the sand and ignore the things this idiot says. Folks, most intellectual peasants will say, that's just Trump derangement syndrome. This is constitutionality talking. He's like, what the hell is going on? When I saw the FBI thing, I forget which city I was in. I was like, I, yeah, I can't. I'm done with this clown. This guy's an idiot. This guy's an idiot. He's a moron. The same people that you accused of rigging elections and helping with election interference, you now want to build them a new building? What? What's, what's going on here? I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to love this. Remember good old Ray Epps? Remember Ray Epps? 
literally had this joker on camera saying, we're going into the Capitol. Everybody accused him of being a fed plant. Federal prosecutors, and here's the proof that he was a fed plant. Federal prosecutor sentencing request for Ray Epps sparks anger. Okay. The January 6th defendants, there was two classifications there. Those that actually went into the building and you've, you know, you broke things. You shouldn't have been there. You broke the law. Yeah. You're getting punished. Now the severity of it, I didn't agree with. I think it was too much, too much, but you know what Ray Epps got? Dude was literally there encouraging people to get violent. Controversies against swirling around capital incursion figure Ray Epps as the Department of Justice calls for him to spend no more than six months in jail and face a $500 fine. Oh, that dude's a plant. That dude's a fed. Guaranteed. Other people, five, 10, 15 years, 20, 30, $50,000 fines. Probation for three years. You kidding me? This guy was literally on camera encouraging people to go into the Capitol. They literally had Ted Cruz pulled this up at the FBI meeting in Congress when they had the FBI director there. Well, I'm not at liberty to say then your organization, you know, and people seem to memory hold that when the FBI was running interference for this saying, oh, we, we, we don't, we can't tell you how many agents we had on the ground. We, we can't tell you. Then what are you doing exactly? What are you doing exactly? It's, it's, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me. He skates with six months in jail and a $500 fine. Wow. Yep, build him a new building, though. That's going to fix everything. How can you sit there and say you want to drain the swamp when the swamp literally goes after you and you do nothing? You do nothing. At least Vivek Ramaswamy and DeSantis both said they want to go after the FBI. Folks, it has to happen. Look, this is not even just a left versus right thing. This is a we the people thing. The FBI needs to be gone after. You got to rein these people in. It's ridiculous. Because before you know it, you've got communist China. These governmental agencies serve a purpose and their masters are the government. They're not there for you. They didn't represent you in regards to who you voted for. Instead, they attacked them. The FBI needs to go away. I don't care. I've had, I have law enforcement friends. Well, they do a lot of good. Well, then I encourage you to show me a metric that shows all the bad they've done. How many liberties have they compromised? How many freedoms have they trampled upon? Constitutional rights have they infringed upon regularly? I'm curious on this. But hey, as long as it's our guy, it's okay. All right, before we get out of here, I I want to finish with this. We talk about the Constitution. We've been learning about the Constitution. We're going to do this little class before we end this thing. Section 1 of Article 3, the judicial branch. We've already covered the first two. Talk about the House of Reps, the Senate, and Articles 1 and 2. Now we're covering Article 3, the SCOTUS, Supreme Court. The preamble, also known as the enacting clause, 52 words, gives the context of what the document is for. Okay, got to remember that. Don't forget to like and subscribe. 
If you could subscribe to the show, I greatly appreciate it. Section one, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the Supreme and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall, at stated times, receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. Section two. Uh, the judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under the Const this Constitution, laws of the United States and the treaties made or which shall be made under their authority to all cases affecting ambassadors or other public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states, between a state and a citizens of another state, between citizens of different states, between citizens of the same state claiming lands under grant of different states and between a state or the citizens thereof and foreign states, citizens or subjects in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls and those in which a state shall be party. The Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction and all the other cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have uh, appellate jurisdiction, both as to law and fact with such exceptions and under such regulations as Congress shall make the trial of all crimes, except in cases of impeachment shall be by jury and such trial shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed. But when not committed within any state, the trial should be at such place or places as the Congress may by law have directed. Section three, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overact or on confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but not attainder or of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attained. And we will get more into the weeds on this next show because it talks about the interpretation of each one. So Article 3 of the Constitution has three sections and it covers the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So far, I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Love y'all. I'm, I'm so happy to be back. Don't forget, you can download this podcast wherever podcasts are downloaded. If you've not done so, go check us out on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, we're all over the place over there. It's because of you, your viewership, your shares, your likes, your comments. You're telling your friends about the show. It's because of you. We're, been, we're, being, we're, we're becoming more and more successful. We appreciate that. Make sure to hit the follow button. If you could, subscribe to us on Rumble or on Locals. It helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. You are phenomenal in your support of the show. We would not be here without you. This year, the goal for the show is to get as many subscribers as we can to the show to help support us financially because I would eventually like to hire a producer to make the show even better. So that's not possible until we get more donations, more people subscribing because, again, this is a standalone organization. I don't use money from Shellshock to plug this. I won't do it. It just it doesn't make sense. But anyway, we appreciate your love and support. If you could, do me a favor. Like I said, check out ShellshockCBD.com. Don't forget, orders over $100 or more get a free tea valued at roughly $20. So until tomorrow, Josh should be here tomorrow. He's uh, unpacking and re relaxing today. He'll be back tomorrow, and we will see you bright and early right here at 12 p.m. CST, only on Rumble and Kick. And as always, stay savage, America. Nowhere to go.